From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 7, for August 11th, 2016. Thanks for tuning in. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome guest Dr. Jay Hobgood, Associate Professor and Director of the Atmospheric Science Program at The Ohio State University. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter Phil Johnson. All right, welcome to Stormfront Freaks podcast, episode seven. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting stuff to share with you on this show. Uh, but one thing I want to share, we just found out, MJ shared this with me um, we're in the process here of, of approaching almost a thousand downloads. Uh, but what I thought was cool is we have listeners in 33 states and mm-hmm. seven different countries already. Uh, wow. So, so wow. yeah, so I that, thought that seven was pretty cool. Um, don't, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Uh, we're actually going to be going off our normal programming next week. You know, we're a biweekly podcast, but we, we do have a special uh, show we're doing next week on storm photography so it's a special storm photography show and mm. and we've got our, our guests on that is uh michael binsky brian minor and jeremy bauer are going to be three of our uh special guests on that they're going to be talking about uh photography tips and everything else but i'm telling you what these guys are doing some unbelievable uh photography and videography um if you want to get an idea uh, you know, just of some of the quality here, go to, go to Mike's, uh, check out Mike's website. And we'll hit all of them on the show next week, but uh, go to Mike Olbinski, uh, dot com, and check out some of the great stuff that he's had, that he's got. But those three guys are going to be on giving all kinds of tips. If you don't subscribe to the show, you might not get the notification that we have a new show outside of our normal biweekly programming. So that's why you need to do that. And then also, if you listen on your iPhone, you, you got to try that Remarks social podcasting app. Um, if, if you go to the iPhone app store and you search Remarks podcast, uh, download that. And then once you've downloaded that, search for Stormfront Freaks in the app. And, and you can not only enjoy the show audibly, but you can also enjoy it visually because all of our links... Uh, all of the links we talk about are there, as well as behind-the-scenes comments about what was going on when we were recording the show. Uh, it's a really unique app. Uh, right now, it's only on on iPhones, but if you do have an iPhone, I'm telling you what, you got to check that out because um, we'll also have that up for episode uh, this one, episode seven. So uh, this episode, we've got uh, our guest is Dr. Jay Hobgood. He's the director of atmospheric science. Uh, the atmospheric science program at the Ohio State University. We're also going to be talking about hurricane evacuations mm. and deaths. Um, the discussion there is, does the public really understand what the threat is and, and why they're being asked to, uh, to evacuate? Um, we've got our storm school, our weather fools, our WX resources. We've got all kinds of stuff this show. But the one special thing I also want to share with you guys tonight uh, is if you haven't been following us on social media or our website, we have added a brand new co-host with us tonight. Uh, yeah. we, we welcome back from episode three. She was actually a guest of ours on episode three, and she put up with all of our crap. That we, thought, we thought she'd be a great co-host uh, as well, but we've got uh, Dina Knightley. 
She is, uh, she is from uh, the Weather Channel's mobile program, The Lift. She's a weather producer there. Uh, but Dina, welcome. Love having you on. I can give yes. Brady all kinds of problem now, you know. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you can Absolutely. It's going to be a double, double whammy for this episode. I, I, I can feel it coming like a hurricane. Yep, exactly. I was gearing up for it. Good. Well, hey, we're we're glad to have you on the show and and um, spread out. Uh, we're getting a little bit too much testosterone here, so uh, we're we're looking forward to having some different uh, input and and ideas. And um, we're 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 actually continuing the search process. We're looking for some other people to add to the show as well. Um, but we were. I, I was pumped, Dina, when I thought, you know what? I'm going to check with you. I know you work early, old dark hundred in the morning. Uh, I do. Lift. And so I know this is normally your sleep time, but I thought, you know, I'm going to ask her anyway, just to see what she says. It's, and it's said, fun. It's exciting. I'm like, I may yawn a couple times and it's not the <laughs> company. So I'm up. I'm ready to go though. Good. Well, we're, we're, we love having you on. Awesome. So thanks, thanks for being a part of the team. Uh, well, let's, let's get to, uh, get to our guest tonight. So our guest is uh, Dr. Jay Hobgood. He's uh, an associate professor and the director of the atmospheric science program at the Ohio State University is also go an expert. Bucks. On, uh, go Bucks! Uh, he's, he's also. Uh, let me finish the intro here. All right, you know what? There's Buckeye a lot of hate people. here at Penn State. Get excited. There's a it's lot of hate here at Penn State for the Buckeyes. He's, um, so just hey, we we don't yeah, listen. Yeah. We don't want to discourage our viewers. Uh, no, we don't that's, that's too right. much. I love I love all college football, but the Bucks are the best. All right, all right but going. anyway, uh, Dr. Hobgood's also an expert in uh, tropical cyclones, which we're really the focus here is we're getting into hurricane season. Uh, Dr. Hobgood, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's great mm-hmm. to be here. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a, a couple things to get out of the way first. Number one, um, as you already can tell, we've got a, a couple people. Brady obviously is attending the Ohio State University. Let's go. Uh, I've only since found out that Dina is also a graduate of the Ohio State University. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Woo! Let's and, go. And, uh, Dr. Hobgood, he was my professor. And unfortunately, Maz, uh, who, who isn't able to join us uh, here tonight, we'll see if he can jump on, but he actually had you uh, at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln uh, when he got his meteorology degree uh, there. So there's a big connection, uh, but the, the main reason I wanted you on, because I, I didn't have a connection with you that way, I wanted to have you on because... You know, I, I knew you were really a, a big fan and expert of, of hurricanes and cyclones. And um, and as we're getting into this season, I thought, hey, what, what a great person to have on as a guest to uh, kind of ask some questions and find out what, what's going on. But Brady did say you were a fan of Diet Coke. So I, <laughs> yes. I, I brought my Diet Coke tonight, um, and I am not a fan of Diet Coke, but it does go good <laughs> with a little Captain Morgan. Uh, here, so, here, here. Uh, of course, of course. Right. I'll tell it's, you what, though. It's with, a with very Dr. Hobgood's, What's that? It is. It is. It is a very versatile drink. And I and with Dr. <laughs> Hobgood, it's rare. It's rare to see him without a Diet Coke. From having him in class, he would bring it to class. He would have it to and from class walking. He had to go through at least a couple a day. And, and I can see why. I, I love Diet Coke as well, Dr. Hobgood. I'm definitely are you, are you talking about a couple of cans or a couple of liters? 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and so I, need, I also need to ask this question to you. Is, is it okay if at least on the show, if, if we call you Jay, is that, is that fair? Oh, please call me Jay. I mean, okay. that's All what right. everybody calls me. Yeah. Okay. That, I just wanted to make sure I, I knew these, these I mean, students. This isn't an oral exam. Yes. That's yes. <laughs> I'm still an exam mode. All right, Dr. Hobby or Jay, <laughs> sorry. Right. Let's see. It's well, enjoy, you get to ask me questions this time. That's true. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start off. I'm just going to start off the questions a little bit because I, I do want to know um, my understanding of, of your bio is you're, you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily have a background on the coasts. Uh, so where did your interest in, in tropical storms and cyclones and hurricanes come from? Well, when I was growing up as a kid, my parents got tired of northern winters. So they moved us from the Midwest down to northwest Florida, just north of Mm -hmm. Panama City. Mm -hmm. And the first fall we were down there, a hurricane came across South Florida, came out into the Gulf of Mexico, came right up over us. Now, it was a tropical storm by the time they got there. But, I mean, the wind was blowing. The water was coming up in the bay. It poured rain. I was fascinated. So I started reading everything I could about hurricane, you know, following the weather any way I could. I mean, this was a long time ago. And so I sort of turned a hobby into a career. (laughs) So it did start, it did start uh, on the coast a little bit, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was always interested in science and then this, something you could see all around you. And of course, I mean, the weather there was interesting because we'd get the sea breezes in the afternoon thunderstorms every day. And I mean, you could go, we'd, we'd go to the beach a lot and you could see the waves and when a storm would come, I mean, the waves would get a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I was just fascinated by all that. So how do you continue your expertise in hurricanes uh, while teaching in Nebraska and Ohio? Well, fortunately, somebody invented the internet, and so <laughs> they are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Nebraska. Obviously, it was a little earlier in my career, so it was a little harder to keep track of what was going on. But there was still, you know, weather data, satellite images available, and you know, now you can be anywhere and pretty much have access to any information you want. And I, I can vouch for Dr. Hobgood as well. Um, whenever there was a any sort of tropical system in the uh, Atlantic during school, all we would have to do is bring it up. I remember Joaquin, we actually had, I think, an exam like a week or two later, and we were going over some stuff for the exam, and all we had to do was bring up Joaquin, and, and that was class. <laughs> So he, he, oh yeah, yeah. He kept up. Any with excuse to talk stuff. about hurricanes? Yeah. Oh yes, we we always took advantage of that. Although I did enjoy the talk as well. It was it was very uh, very interesting. That's much better than deriving equations. Oh. <laughs> I, I can understand that. I think so too. So can so give us a little bit of a clue, Jay? What? it seems like it's a little bit unique of a, a start to the season with all the activity going on in the Pacific. We've kind of had until relatively recent, but there's, there's, there's really kind of been a lull in the Atlantic. What, what's going on with the season? Well, it, I mean, it was really odd because of course we had that one hurricane out in the far Eastern Atlantic in January, which had never happened before. Mm-hmm. And then we had three early season storms in June 
and nothing now for the last six weeks. Really, the last six weeks, though, were pretty much what you'd expect. And sometimes we get a storm in July, sometimes we don't. But the the big high-pressure system over the Atlantic that's sometimes called the Bermuda High has been steering everything to the south, and it's been developing in the eastern Pacific instead. And so we've actually had a record number of storms in July in the eastern Pacific. Patterns started to shift a little bit last week when we had Earl develop east of Belize and become a hurricane and then move across Mexico and turn into tropical storm Javier that hit Baja Mm -hmm. and some of that moisture is coming. So it's a little odd. On the other hand, it's also sort of what we normally expect this time of year. August now, we're getting into the time when it should really get active. So, Jay, I think a lot of people are wondering – because I know I've seen I've seen several articles. I know AccuWeather actually put out an article talking about this year's hurricane season and how we're due and how it's bound to happen. Um, you know, what do you see for the rest of the hurricane season? Um, I think a lot of people in Florida are, are worried that something might impact them this season. I know it's impossible to predict at this point, um, but are, are indications that it's going to be more active or you know right on normal, kind of like what we've seen so far? Right. Well, I'll tell you what I think here in a minute, but NOAA just put out their updated August forecast this afternoon, and they're still calling for a more active season. They're Mm. saying like there'll be between 14 and 17 named storms, you know, eight or so hurricanes and two to four major hurricanes. And I I think what we're looking at is, is probably a pretty normal year from this point to the end of the hurricane season which would be maybe two or three more storms here later in August, somewhere between three and five storms in September, which is the busy month, and then two or three storms in October. And, you know, you expect at least half those to be hurricanes. And the the waters in the Western Atlantic, the Caribbean Sea, and the Gulf of Mexico are warmer than normal. Okay. So if things develop in those regions, they have the potential to get quite strong. Okay. Now, as you indicated, you can't tell for sure where they're going to happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, right now, based on the weather pattern we have with that big high over the Atlantic, it does look like storms are more likely to form in the Caribbean, the Western Atlantic, and the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So, so is the lull that's going on, and I say lull in regards to major storms that have impacted the eastern seaboard, um, is, that, is that due to some climate change issues? Is that just a matter of how the dice have been rolled to this point? Um, what's, I think what's to some extent it's just luck. And, and another thing I think you have to be careful about with looking at those statistics is Sandy doesn't officially count as a hurricane or a major hurricane hitting the U.S., but it did hurt major hurricane damage. I mean, it cost $50 billion worth of damage wow, to right. the U.S. Right. So, you know, to me, that's a major hurricane hitting the U.S., even though it wasn't labeled a major hurricane. It wasn't well, so a why is that? Was it land? Why was that not the case? Well, first of all, the winds were only 80 miles an hour, so that would make mm-hmm. it a, only a Cat 1 on the Saffir-Simpson scale. And to be a major hurricane, you have to be a Cat 3 or higher. 
Okay. So it didn't fit the criteria. And then according to the Hurricane Center, and I think they're right, it, it transitioned into a non-tropical, what we call an extra-tropical storm just before it hit the coast. So it officially wasn't even a hurricane when it hit land. But of course, the atmosphere doesn't know that. I mean, the atmosphere is already in motion around a hurricane. It doesn't care whether humans say it's not a hurricane yeah. morning. It still <laughs> right. ties into the coast with 80 that. mile an hour winds and a yeah. storm surge. And yeah. it does $50 yeah. billion dollars worth of damage. Sure. So yeah. to me, if a storm like Sandy hit the U.S., say, 100 years ago, looking at the reports and so on, we would have called it a major hurricane. So, mm-hmm. so partly, I think you got to take some of those stats with, mm. with a grain of salt. Now, on the other hand, you know, Florida hasn't been hit by a major hurricane in 11 years. I mean, the last one was Wilman 2005, and they are overdue. I mean, that, that, that's pretty rare. Don't say that in Florida in a week. Don't say that, uh, Jay. Well, do I mean, as long as you're that. not going to be there for three or four weeks or Good. two months, you're probably Good. safe. Good. It only uh, takes one. It only takes yeah. one storm. That's it. Uh, and I mean, Texas, you know, the last bad storm there was Ike in 2008. So, you know, I mean, Earl was the first hurricane in the Caribbean in four years. And that is really rare. But, yeah. you know, you, you were asking about why. Is it climate change? You know, it, it's it's been more, I think, a lot of the natural cycles. I mean, last year, we had a fair number of storms, um, but we also had an El Nino develop and that brings wind shear and that tends to protect the u.s and so you know the the el nino la nina cycle is a normal cycle and that that's been part of the reason why the u.s has the other thing i don't think people talk about much is that big upper ridge that caused the long-term drought in california Mm -hmm. well the outflow from that ridge the winds blowing out of that brought strong upper-level westerly winds over the Gulf of Mexico, Florida, and the southeast, right? That's more shear, and hurricanes don't like shear. So anything that tried to go into that region ran into that shear, and it either weakened or it got turned out into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Sure. So it's a little so lucky, Paul, there. Yeah. So, Jay, yeah. I know we talked about shear and a lot of other things, and I talk about some of this stuff in uh, Storm School for this week. But when you're looking at, you know, talking about where a hurricane is going to form, what are the conditions it's going to occur in, how, for our listeners, you know, how, how is someone going to um, predict that? You know, what are some, what are some of the conditions that, um, that they can do to predict that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we have, you know, global satellite coverage 24-7 now. So most of the hurricanes that affect the U.S. start out in Africa. You can track those clusters of thunderstorms from the very time they form in Africa. So the people at the National Hurricane Center and other forecasters are watching those from the very moment they develop, and they watch them as they come across Africa and the Atlantic. Now, not much is going to happen until it gets out over the ocean because hurricanes, like any other storm, need a source of energy. And for hurricanes... It's the warm water in the upper ocean. So we also have buoys and satellites and ships that measure the ocean temperature. So we know how much energy is available when a storm comes in. So we watch the clouds that get over the ocean. And then we have 
upper air, you know, we, we send up balloons to measure the winds. We get aircraft reports. We've got satellites tracking clouds. So we know what the upper level winds are. And all of those things then allow us to determine when you have what you need for a hurricane. So you need, you, you need thunderstorms, you need warm water, and you need light winds in the upper levels. And when we see those together, that's where we know we have something we have to watch. Awesome, that, Jay. Oh, oh, yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was looking at the satellite this morning with all the uh, storms coming off Africa, and you could see all the Saharan dust come off and all the dry air. So anything that's coming off is just hitting that dry air and boom, done. Exactly, yeah. And, th- and the other thing is that that big high, the Bermuda high out there over the ocean, there's, there's so much sinking air right now, too, which also dries out the air. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, probably not much is going to happen in the next week or two. So that's why Brady's safe in his trip to Florida. But the pattern could change as we get here towards later in August. And that always makes it harder for us uh, in the media too, because unless you got something big, they're like, oh, there's just a couple storms here and there. There's no big hurricanes to talk about, nothing coming at the U.S. So we're like, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. So the way the weather. Go ahead. Well, I was just—if you've got a question on that, the the one of the things I wanted to to find out um, is really get a, a good story as far as all the research you've done on hurricanes and and to get a maybe a good story from you. But Brady, did did you have a follow up on that? Nope, I was just trying to get something before my power goes out. But you guys are good. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Bray, I could. We, if you can hear thunder in the background, that's not actually special effects we're playing. It's no. Actually, it, <laughs> there is a mega storm about to hit State College. I think uh, State College might be wiped off the map. No, come on. <laughs> so, just in football season. Just in football season. Oh, let's go. Oh, All right. So, Jay, what – Jay? What? Uh, yeah, you, you've got to have tons of great stories, uh, interesting stories. Can I, I want at least one from you before before we leave. All right. Well, I – the – I haven't told this one. Brady Mads hasn't heard this one. Dina hasn't heard this one. But okay. uh, and Mark hadn't heard this one either. Um, but it, it happened when I was still living in Nebraska. I, I drove down to the Gulf Coast, um, and it was when Hurricane Bob, and this was back in the 1980s, was coming Hurricane into the Gulf Bob. Coast, right? And it was a Category One, borderline Category Two, headed over towards Mobile. And, of course, I'm going to Panama City, and there are squalls, there are thunderstorms, there are rain bands, and I'm loving it. You know, everybody else complaining their vacation's ruined. They're coming away from the beach. I'm the guy <laughs> driving towards the beach. And then this is before they had Freak. lifeguards and anything. And so, you know, you get there, and there's nobody there, and then the waves are good. I mean, it's the best body surfing I ever had that day. <laughs> Wow, really? You got you were in the water, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Sir? No, I wow. love swimming, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, now, that Jay, I think I think this is probably the most important question of the night. Now that we have Maz here, uh, there well, there are two questions really. Who was your best student out of us oh, three? <laughs> Who was you your that? favorite student oh, oh, oh. out of Dina. us three? You know Wait, do I still owe him money? I think they're very clear right answers to both of these questions. So. <laughs> now, I think if Phil was preparing me, and I'm going to treat this as a lightning round, and I'm going to pass. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, see, oh, 
we're, we're going to edit that you out anyway. Nobody wants to hear that. In, in different ways. <laughs> oh, well, pleasure yeah. having all of you. Maz, hey, so I'm going to wave the Swiss us. flag and honor the Olympics. Right. Oh, so yes. Maz just joined us. I thought perhaps there was going to be a story about Harrington and Moonshine or something. I don't know. Wow. Oh, boy. Uh, wow, everybody knows that except MJ and I, I guess. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, I, yeah. Our, okay. I, that, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we so, have video. So, Maz, <laughs> hey. Maz, do you, now that you've actually joined us, so we, we appreciate um, you joining us on Central Time. Uh, what do you do? You have a good question for uh, Jay since we really Absolutely. haven't given you a shot. All right, I gotta I gotta ask him a, a computing question because back at Nebraska, he used to drive to Chicago just to get his numerical models to run. So Ooh, where? Wow. Well, you seriously? Where yeah, is wow. dating dream, yourself? Where, <laughs> where's the dream place to go to run the models of 2016? Um, to be honest with you, it'd be the European Center for Medium Range Weather Forecasting, and they have the most powerful hmm. computer setup there is, and that's one reason why the Euro model is so good. They have so much computing power there. So when you wake up at night, like from a nightmare, do you wake up and go, "I'm in Nebraska"? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I mean, Nebraska was a great place for me. I mean, it was a really good place for me to start my career as a faculty yeah. member. We loved um, you, man. It was great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I had great students that gave me a chance to develop my research and get started. I, you know, you, you brought up the computing thing. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I eventually ended up leaving was I got access to the Ohio Supercomputer Center, and that was just too good an opportunity to pass up. But, yeah, I mean, Nebraska was very good to me. I enjoyed my time there. He still bleeds red, though. I'm just saying. Oh, he, no, no, no. Well, Scarlet. that works at either point. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very yeah. distinct difference there. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to, I'm going to stop this love fest here a little bit. Um, we're going to, so, but, uh, so Jay, before we get into our lightning round, how, how can people reach you or follow you? Um, um there's several different ways. I mean, uh, uh, the best way about social media, both Facebook and Twitter. I also have my website, jhobgood.com, where I blog about tropical cyclones around the world. And so either of those are good ways to reach me. Um, or I'm at Ohio State University almost every day. So you can get well, there. I still have a paper. I still have a paper coming in by carrier pigeon to your office. All right. Well, let's go. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna jump to the uh, uh, to the lightning round. Uh, so this is our speed round of questions dun, dun, for our dun. guests. And tonight we are playing Hurricane or Supermodel. So, <laughs> Whoa! so uh, Whoa! here's what we're gonna. I'm do. in trouble. Yeah, we're. I'm gonna <laughs> run through names. Okay, start with A, B, C, whatever. I'm kind of gonna go down the list, and and Jay, you need to tell me either. If it's a 2017 hurricane name, uh, so one that's already uh, been posted for for next year's hurricanes, uh, or if it is a male or female supermodel. So you just say hurricane or supermodel. Does that sound good? Sounds good. All right. You ready? Are we ready to rock? 
Here we go. We'll start oh, with we're the first ready. one. All right, Let's first go. one. Arlene. Hurricane. Bryce. Oh. Supermodel. That's Bryce Whoa. Thompson. Oh, what? Uh, wow. Christine. Supermodel. Christine Brinkley. And, and I, oh I should say, gosh. by the way, these are supermodel men or women uh, according to, oh, gosh, What's this according to? Wicked. Oh, is it Ranker.com. Okay, no, Ranker. Not... Ranker.com. All right. Uh, next one. David. Hurricane. Nope. Supermodel. David Beckham. Oh, David's a supermodel oh, name. Yep. yep. Emily. Hurricane. Francisco. Ooh. Supermodel. Francisco. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Still, uh, Brazilian tint. Oh, yeah. Definitely Kurt. supermodel. Hurricane. That better be a hurricane. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't sound like a sexy game. <laughs> All right, Henrik. Supermodel. You're rocking. What? Irma. Hurricane. Jose. Hurricane. Katia. No way. Hurricane. Wow, you got oh, that. Wow. It was a total supermodel. Oh, name, my goodness. Okay. All right, Lee. Hurricane. Oh, got him. Oh, Marissa. Oh. Supermodel. Marissa Miller. Nate. Mm. Supermodel. No, that is a hurricane. Oh. Uh, Ophelia. Hurricane. Philippe. Hurricane. Wow, you got that one too. Yeah. Wow. That totally sounds like a supermodel. Rosie. Oh, absolutely. Supermodel. Rosie Huntington. Tyra. <laughs> Supermodel. Tyra Banks. Man. Vince. Sorry? Vince. Hurricane. Whitney. <laughs> oh, my. Supermodel. That's a hurricane. Oh. All right. Oh. Wow. Yeah, Supermodel's a little better that than he was leading on. I mean, yeah, he no, had remember the hurricane. Christian oh, Brinkley poster in his right. office. <laughs> you, you didn't pull up the 2017 hurricane. No, I actually always remember them from 2011 because they yeah. use them every six years. Oh, yeah, never oh, Ophelia. Wow. Yeah, there is go. a used name. Yeah, see, oh. yeah, see, Dina knows. I know. <laughs> Well, that was uh, that was well done. Congratulations, Jay. Well, thank you. you. That was an outstanding. Uh, and thanks for having a little fun with us. We always like to have a little fun. Oh yeah. So uh, so anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go ahead and discuss the hurricane deaths and evacuations. Um, really talk about is the public really aware uh, of what the threat is uh, in doing so? So we'll be back. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover with things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Brady, and this is Storm School, and today we're going to be talking about some hurricanes. Now, this is very relatable as we are in hurricane season. Hurricane season runs from June 1st through November 30th. 
So, um, you know, although it doesn't really usually get ramped up until August, late August into September and even into October and sometimes even into November. So we are entering the beefy part of hurricane season and this hurricane season looks like it could be especially potent because some of the conditions are ripe and we'll get into that in a second. For now, guys, get out a piece of paper, a pencil, write this stuff down because class is in session. But, so, like we said earlier, the conditions of a hurricane. The first condition you need for a hurricane to form is warm ocean water. That's why you can't get hurricanes up in, I'm not going to say can't, but we haven't seen get hurricanes up into Canada and Alaska. So, those of you wanting day after tomorrow, doomsday, I'm sorry, but it doesn't look like you're going to get it. At least not in that form. But, the second condition you need is vertical wind shear. Now, like we discussed earlier, all vertical wind shear is when winds increase with speed and direction, with height. Um, so all that means is you don't want strong winds in the upper levels of the atmosphere because that will prevent a hurricane from forming. It will prevent from things organizing and building up. Um, you'll understand later when we talk about how it forms, why. And then the third thing you need is a, a system, a, you know, a, a low-pressure system or an area of thunderstorms that come off usually the African coast um, and those are known as tropical waves. So now we're going to get into what are some of the stages of hurricane development. The first is a tropical wave. You, usually these will come off the African, you know, east Afri or west African coastline. You can see them on visible satellite coming off. It's a band of clouds. And then it'll move across the Atlantic Ocean towards the United States. Um, and these are just hurricanes focused on the Atlantic Ocean pushing into our area. Obviously, they form in different parts of the world. Um, and they're known as typhoons. Typhoons are the same as hurricanes, just a little... Uh, cyclones are also the same as hurricanes. They just form in different parts of the world. Anyway, um, so then these tropical waves will push into the Atlantic. And as they do so, if conditions are right, warm ocean water, a little vertical wind shear, um, these storms will continue forming. And as they do so, that warm, moist air that's rising into the cloud from the ocean will condense into water vapor and form thunderstorms and release latent heat energy. And what that latent heat energy will do will act as almost an engine to drive this system because it will create a lower pressure because heat causes air to spread out um, because it's it's got more energy, so it's spreading out, which causes lower pressure, which causes more thunderstorms to form around it because air needs to fill that void, and it, it fills it from below. So then as these thunderstorms organize, eventually they could become a tropical depression or a tropical storm even. Um, and and you'll, you'll begin to see some rotation on the radar, as this storm forms, it's basically a low-pressure system, but it's driven by latent heat, not the usual processes that drive a low-pressure system in the United States. It still rotates counterclockwise in the Northern Hemisphere, at least. Um, but anyway, once that storm continues to go, if it continues to stay over warm water and in areas of little vertical wind shear, it will continue to develop, continue to develop as more thunderstorms form and eventually become a hurricane. By that time usually start to see the beginnings of an eye develop. Now, an eye is the center of the hurricane where the lowest pressure is at. And even in stronger hurricanes, air inside the eye will actually sink because it's such a low pressure that air will need to fill that gap from above, which it usually doesn't do, but it will in this case. And that's why at the center of the storm, you have a clearing. You know, it's not always bright blue sunny skies like in, in you know, in day after tomorrow where you can see this big cloud it's usually you know a couple low stratus clouds or patchy clouds and you can see maybe a little bit of the sun um but it's usually not completely clear you can even have some drizzle but it's sure you know you're it's calm winds 
um, you're not going to have that heavy rain that you have in the eye. So then after that, that storm will continue ramping up and, and that eye will continue strengthening. Winds will continue to strengthen as well as lower pressure happens because um, that's what causes winds is the difference between high and low pressure. And the more that difference is, the stronger the winds are going to be. So, you know, it'll keep ramping up and eventually it'll move over either land or an area of unfavorable conditions and it'll begin to dissipate. Um, but that's basically how a hurricane forms. Um, and then after it forms, it'll dissipate and maybe cause some heavy rain. Um, but for the most part, the wind and everything will be gone. And actually, a real quick fact um, of a hurricane, the most damaging part usually is the storm surge. It's not the wind, it's not the heavy rain, it's the... Um, and what storm surge is, is at the center of the hurricane with the lowest pressure, um, that'll actually cause the water, you know, below that pressure to actually rise a little bit because it's trying to fill the gap. It's matter. It's trying to fill that low pressure gap. So there'll almost be a wall of water near the eye. And when that hurricane comes on land, it'll bring that wall of water with it. And that'll cause the most damage, the most destruction usually with the hurricane, especially if it hits a certain area right. But anyway, guys, let's get to the, po- let's get back to the podcast. Hopefully you learned something about hurricanes today, and uh, peace out. All right, so we're back. Uh, the, the discussion we're focused on tonight, we want a couple things in regards to hurricanes since we've got uh, Jay Hobgood on with us tonight. Uh, he's sticking around. But um, one of the things I want to bring up, LSU uh, and the Louisiana governor's office right now, they're conducting, they just started this this month, they're conducting a statewide phone survey and they're asking if citizens will evacuate for a hurricane, and if so, where would they go? How you know what routes they would take in in doing so? And there was a, an article from WWL TV. Uh, so LSU's f- phone survey of 2,600 families in 13 parishes includes questions like, "Will you evacuate? Where will you go? How will you get there?" Um, Here's some of the just off the street responses. Uh, I'll probably stay. Leroy Dufresne said, I'm hard-headed. I know my wife and them all would leave. Uh, Then another person said, you know, I guess that really depends on what the category of the storm would be, but if it's a higher category, I would evacuate for sure. Uh, Another guy said, don't take a chance, leave, get out of here, be safe. Uh, Another person said, I'm totally staying because I'm an idiot like that. (laughs) So so I think the, the, the issue becomes... Do people really understand what the hurricane threat is? Um, is it the hurricane winds or whatever? And so just a, a couple stats here. Um, NBC had an article that says, so what are, the, what are most likely 21st century causes of hurricane deaths? Carbon monoxide poisoning often leads the list as people turn to grills and gas stoves in power outages. Uh, so I, I saw we just lost Brady. He probably has a power outage with the storm. So hopefully he won't start up his grill uh, in his right. hotel room. Uh, <laughs> and storm surges also are big killers. Uh, the Weather Channel had an article that says deaths from a tropical cyclone's winds or embedded tornadoes account for only 10 to 15 percent of fatalities between 1963 and 2012. So it's not winds that's the threat that people say they can i can live through the winds it's the power outages it's the the flooding uh those are the big deals and you have to also understand um slate.com had a had an article on hurricane deaths they talk about indirect fatalities so 
the classicalities of someone that died because they drowned in the flood, right? Or someone died of the carbon monoxide gas poisoning or struck by lightning or something like that. But they say indirect fatalities occur when the storm creates environmental conditions that lead to a death, like fatal car accidents because of uh, torrential rains. Um, they also say, you know, there's severe emphyse- emphysema, die after losing access to life-sustaining oxygen tanks during a storm, or if someone dies of a heart attack cleaning up after a hurricane. You know, those are all also kind of causes of the hurricane that if you're going to stay, you know, these, you know, are these the threats or do you want to get everybody evacuating? And now maybe you're clogging up the roads and creating issues there because of traffic congestion. Was there a question in there? (laughs) I'm just throwing out what, what, what do you guys think? I mean, do people understand what the, what the storm threat is that you have people going on? I'll stick it out. I'll say one thing about the media though. Like I've been with the weather channel almost 15 years and people think that we're just overhyping or it won't happen to me. Or I remember talking to people right after Katrina and asking them like, why didn't you leave? I mean, this was a clear cut case. We knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be strong. We didn't know about the levees right away. And people said, well, we've lived here all our lives and we've had hurricanes come through before and it never really did anything to us. So a lot of times they think it's overhyped or it's just not going to happen to me. Yeah, Dina, I think um, I I would compare that, honestly, to a tornado warning and how not everyone within the box is going to get a a tornado. And a lot of times they're, you know, there's a lot less false alarms with hurricanes because we know these things are coming, but not everyone's going to, you know, receive those very, very strong winds that are around concentrated around the eye wall. Um, and not everyone's going to receive, you know, that incredibly flooding rain. And I also think a good point why it kind of sneaks up on people because I was talking about this today. At, um, I did a presentation at AccuWeather. They, um, people, I feel like flooding can sneak up on them, people like the average mm-hmm. person very quickly because it's not like a tornado. It's not like a thunderstorm right. where you can see it coming. It, it slowly, you know, oftentimes slowly builds and then kind of explodes on people. And, and they don't see it coming until it's too late. By the time they realize, hey, my house, the bottom floor of my house is flooded, it's too late to go anywhere because the roads are blocked. Everything is, um, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to get out at that point. So I feel like that's also a good point to talk about as well is is this flooding concern. And like Phil talked about earlier, you know, the storm surge is the one doing all the damage. The storm surge from the hurricane is the one killing the most people. And that's really what sneaks up on everyone. So I think... You know, if there can be some more education in the public about that, and I think we've tried to do that, but at the same time, there's only a certain amount that people are going to listen to that. But I definitely think that's also a major concern as well, is it's is the hazards are have a way of sneaking up on you without you really realizing it. Well, and you well, get I think the- a lot of, oh, sorry, Mark. I think a lot of people go down to their basement um, just like they would for a tornado, and that's the worst place you can go because if something like wind damage would come up, and wreck your house, you're stuck in the basement, and then the surge comes up, and then you're stuck and you drown. Um, so there's, I mean, you're just in trouble no matter what you do. But people just think, uh, well, it'll be fine again like it was last year or the year before. 
And I think a lot of times people, they, they equate hurricanes and severe storms of tornadoes the same type of warning scale where, you know, a tornado warning is so micro and they think, well, you know, we've had tornado warnings in the past, nothing's happened. And, and they cannot compare that with a hurricane, which is so widespread. And, you know, I think they get that, that lulled false sense of security. And, and like Brady was saying, you know, well, I'll just, if it gets bad, I'll just bolt out of here. And they can't. No. Jay, how, how, how well are we doing now from a forecasting standpoint to know when someone makes the call to evacuate a certain area, how, how much time typically are we able to get to know, okay, we now know this particular area or these counties, we got to do something now, make that call. The track forecasts are excellent these days. That's the best forecast that we make about hurricanes is where it's going to go. And generally, we have a rough idea five days in advance. And by 48 hours before a hurricane, when they issue hurricane warnings for a specific part of the coast, you can pretty much be assured that the hurricane is going to make landfall somewhere in that warning area. It, to get back to, a little bit to what you were discussing before, I think there are a couple other things that come into play. One, people in the U.S. are so mobile. So, so many new people move to the coast every year, and they've never experienced a hurricane. And two, our memories are short. I remember after Katrina, people said, whoa, we've never seen anything like this before. Nothing like this. You know, we, we couldn't have known this was going to happen. Camille hit that same part of the Gulf Coast in 1969. We'd seen exactly almost that same scenario 37 years before, but the lessons from Camille got lost mm-hmm. in the intervening time period. So how do we how do we fix that? Yeah, because I, I I agree with you. You know, Jay, it's people forget and and they forget with all types of weather. You know, snowstorms, stuff like that. How. You know, how do we educate, how do we get people to care enough? Because I know a lot of people just don't care. You know, you talk, try and talk to them about the weather and about some of these um, things that happened in the past. And, and, you know, in today's society, people's attention span is so short that they just, it just, it just slips off their mind. To be honest, I think you try to teach it in the schools to the younger people, because, because I've seen some presentations about, the way Oklahoma talks about tornadoes in the elementary schools and junior high. And I guess they've done follow-up studies that they actually bring that message home to their parents. And, and, and that's why some of the parents pay more attention to the warnings out there. And I think the same thing would apply to hurricanes. I mean, I, I think we need to do more about educating the, the young children in school because they will bring that message at home. And I mean, for those of you that have children, you know your children can be pretty insistent at times when they, they bring can. home They can. I can say that too, yes. <laughs> what, hey, what, what about this? Maz and Dina, since, since you guys have um, some media background, can some of this be the media helping to bring up, hey, here was the story uh, back with Camille, or here was the, mm-hmm. you know, and here's what happened, and here's what, um, since obviously a lot of people do pay attention to the media, maybe they think it's hype, but if if you're sharing history, is that something that you think could help? 
It does. Like, I know we've done it a lot. Like, oh, uh, we've got, say we've got something coming at New Orleans and we'll show this is the last time it hit. Um, but I think we not only try to show the forecast, which like Dr. Hobgood or Jay said, the cones or the forecast tracks are getting really good. But I think people maybe don't know what to do. Like, okay, it's coming at me. So what do I do? Where do I go? Nobody has like a hurricane plan. Like, okay, let's go here. If something happens, if we get separated, where do we meet? Um, you know, does everybody have everybody's cell phone numbers? Because a lot of times they're in your phone and you don't remember the number anymore. Um, everybody's got to have some kind of plan, even if it's just where to meet. And I think, Maz, just, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, just in general, I think whether it's dealing with weather or anything probably 80% of people are procrastinators and they just do it when it's imminent. And when it's imminent, then you're like, oops. You're too yeah. late sometimes. Yeah. 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 So, so is it up to like the, the national weather service to help? Is this a FEMA issue to help in, in getting, coming up with programs to get, and they probably already exist, um, come up with programs to get people to make a plan or to, uh, work with the media outlets to let people know of the plan. I think everybody's trying to do it. I mean, I remember uh, you, you asked me the story earlier about, you know, moving down to Florida and, and uh, being a child. I remember one of the things, and this is another reason why I got interested in hurricanes. They'd actually print hurricane tracking maps on the paper grocery sacks that you'd get your groceries in and bring home from the grocery. <laughs> wow. Cool. And, and wow. people would use wow. those. And and the papers would have tracking maps, you know, that you could at the beginning of the hurricane season, they'd have a big map that you could save and use to track hurricanes. But but I think I, every, I think everybody's trying. I mean, I know the local emergency managers try really hard, not just to, to get people aware and to make a plan, but to get people to know which evacuation zones there are. But, you know, it, it's like society in general. People who plan ahead know their evacuation zone and know what to do. And, and as uh, Mark said, you know, a lot of people are procrastinators. And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of hurricanes make landfall at night. And by that point, you know, if the bridges go underwater or in some cases where you've got causeways and bridges, once the winds hit 40, 45 miles an hour, they close those and you're sheltering in place. Yeah, and I think I think another problem too is is the, when, when some of these you know like you're reading these quotes earlier from these people when they don't want to leave you know if it's not a mandatory evacuation or even if it is a mandatory evacuation how do you of a big city how do you basically pick up you know a million plus people move them from spot A point A to point B while accounting for everyone at the same time you know th- there's going to be some people that stay behind and. So at the same time, it's it's hard. Um, it's not an easy problem to solve because, especially with some of these people, you know, you're just not whatever you say to them. You know, if, if you, hey, your house is going to get destroyed tonight, they probably, you know, they still might not even go. Um, <clears throat> so that's a problem as well. Is is how do you get these people to move and and when a lot of times logic and facts isn't necessarily going to do it. You know, you know, I think Dr. Hobgood is right though. You've got to start with the kids. Because the parents are busy, they got so much going on, I'm going to get around to it. But when the kids come home, because they've just talked about it, and then they ask the parents, 
hey, do you know where we go, mom and dad? I can guarantee a lot of them are probably like, well, um, and then the kids tell them where to, I really, I think that probably is one of the strongest answers. Mm-hmm. See, everybody's got to have kids. And I think they should start tonight. Well, let's, that's a let's great do fact. that. I'm oh, sorry. Wait, that's a great fact because if you know your wait, kid is scared, and, you know, I mean, if your kid's really scared, you don't want them to be that way. And I think that a parent will get, you know, get it in gear a little quicker. All right. So, so yeah. So what if they're like Dr. Hoffman, develop... though, and they like hurricanes? Then, no, you, then you've got a bit of a problem, right? Brady, Brady, listen. Here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to – we'll do one. Let's do a Stormfront Freaks uh, hurricane awareness program for elementary schools. We'll figure out a way to scare the yes. crap out of all the kids. <laughs> and oh, we will find, we'll apply for a grant. I'm sure we can get a grant from somebody or somewhere. And, Just uh, put Brady yeah. on the poster, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to use that. Right. Oh, 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 when we come back, you'll hear the team's nominations for our Weather Fools and our WX resources. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. And now a quick word from our friends at Entropy Technology Design, makers of the Nimbus line of storm detection devices. The Nimbus 4 Storm Detector combines the power of three microprocessors and patent-pending antenna design to give you real-time information about storms as they form, move, and become a threat to your location. The Nimbus has the ability to see nearly invisible storms as they form and also to detect storm activity as far away as 600 miles. It can see the fast-changing conditions that increase the possibility of tornadoes. The Nimbus can track up to 50 storms at the same time, focusing on the storm activity that can directly impact you. The weather changes quickly, and the Nimbus tracks it all and keeps you informed about the changing levels of danger until your location is safe. The Nimbus is the next generation of storm detection and safety. Go to www.nimbus4.com for more information. Now back to the podcast. Okay, so this is the time that uh, we have been spending uh, basically in upwards of four episodes preparing for. Uh, in in episode one, the very first episode that we had on Stormfront Freaks podcast, uh, our guest was um, the developer of the Nimbus 4 severe weather detection device. And uh, so we had a chance to, to learn about uh, that great technology. And they were kind enough at, at Entropy Technology Design to offer one up to one of our listeners. So what we did is we put together... Uh, four rounds of drawings to basically create a final four. And then we would do a special drawing with those four qualifiers for the device. Uh, we're excited about this. This device is an eight to $900 retail uh, device and, and some unbelievably cool technology. Uh, you can get some more information about it 
uh, on our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. But on air tonight, uh, we have uh, from Entropy Technology Design, we have the CEO, Tammy Fitzpatrick. We also have uh, two of our four round winners. Uh, winner of our round one drawing uh, was Stan Doro. Stan, welcome. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here. Stan, so Stan, where are you calling from? I am from Starkville, Mississippi. All right. So we got we got that end of the country. Our, our round two winner uh, was Dennis Becht. Uh, Dennis, welcome. Howdy. Glad to be yeah. here. So, so tell us where you're from. I'm from Kelowna, Illinois, up near the Quad Cities. Okay. So, so we're kind of already with these two. We're covering two ends of, of the country for the most part. Uh, our round three winner was Andrew Bailey. Uh, Andrew couldn't be with us tonight. And our round four winner was Rick Stahl. And uh, Rick also could not be with us uh, tonight either. But uh, we wanted to try and get the winner on as well um, and uh, have a good drawing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn it over to Tammy. Tammy has the four names. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, let her pick the winner. Tammy? Very good. Thank you so much. Yes, this is Tammy Fitzpatrick. I'm the CEO of Entropy Technology Design. And I wanted to thank all of you. The very first podcast, you did a fantastic job interviewing my chief technology officer, Edward Shaver. He's the inventor of our, as you said, amazing technology. We're very excited to be launching uh, this very uh, cutting-edge product. Uh, you, you've run some commercials for us, and hopefully you can. Uh, we'll share a link to that original podcast again. But I wanted to mention I'm here in Florida, is where I'm calling from, which is the lightning capital of the U.S., but I want you all to know I'm originally from Iowa, so I'm, I'm part of that uh, mindset there, the Midwestern mindset, and you guys are all fantastic. So again, I want to thank you for this and drum roll as we prepare. I've got my little hat here with all these uh, names in it. I'm going to go ahead and draw one now. We got to do it. Very good, guys. And the winner is Dennis Beck. Whoa! Is he on the phone? Dennis. Yes. Oh, oh, he is. Dennis, congratulations. Wow. Congratulations. Good Dennis. job. Uh, awesome. I, I do want to mention, though, guys, because this has been such a wonderful experience for us, I am uh, going to do something generous. I'm going to give all uh, three of the other individuals that were winners a $100 coupon discount oh, off really? of the purchase of wow. a business. So, wow. Uh, show our appreciation for all that you've done and their participation as well. So That's awesome. Nice. Tammy, thank you so much. So I I just, Dennis, I got to ask you, since we got you on the air, now that you've won a Nimbus 4 severe weather detector, what are you going to do next? (laughs) Well, I'm a National Weather Service spotter, and I have my own storm tracking chasing team, so Mm. that'll really come in handy chasing storms and everything. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Mm. I think you'll like it. Cool. Well, we appreciate it, Tammy. Thank you so much for um, uh, and to Entropy uh, Technology Design and and even Edward when he was on episode one. Uh, it was just a lot of fun learning about uh, this kind of technology that uh, we're looking forward for you guys developing. And I appreciate you uh, rewarding our listeners. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. 
if they can take a visit to nimbus4.com, we would appreciate it. And we look forward to continuing to do some work with you guys in the future. That sounds great. Thanks so much, guys. And again, congratulations, Dennis and Stan. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, so uh, welcome back. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, and hit our episode's weather fools, Brady. All right, guys, it's time for everybody's part of the week. Weather fools talking about um, some people making some silly mistakes when it comes down to the weather. So I'll start off my weather fool this week. Uh, this was in California, and this was actually a um, – from 2015, this article was just recently published because they just found this out. Um, but there was a deadly uh, California fire that destroyed 1,300 homes, uh, killed four people, and sent four firefighters to the hospital. They realized, um, or they, they did some investigating, and it was caused by some faulty wiring in someone's hot tub where someone was trying oh, to make the hot tub warmer than it could go. And and wired it wrong, and and so now they're actually being investigated um, for up to fifty seven million dollars. Wow! Um, that that they could Whoa. be punished for up to that amount on criminal charges because that's how much it costs to extinguish that fire. They um, they need so, a hot tub time machine to go back in time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so those those people are in a, in a bit of hot water, if you will. Oh. Uh, so. Another pun, yes. All right. Six days. Anyway, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dina, go ahead uh, with your weather fool this week. Oh um, well, no. I these are kind of difficult because I I was when you were talking about the um, the wildfire. I mean, it sounds like Tim the Toolman was trying to like get the thing going a little. <laughs> Rewire it. Rewire. <laughs> yeah, because the weather fool is like I I don't. I don't see a lot of the the bad stuff as much as I see, you know, the uh, cats. You see all the cat yeah. video. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. I do. Meow, meow. <laughs> the cats and the puppies, you know, some some of those. All I'm gonna right. have to start well, sending those to Brady. I had a oh, cat absolutely. that wired my hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> just the cat videos, not not the puppy videos. I'm not really a puppy. Just the oh, cats. you don't care cats about the puppies? Are... Well, okay. okay, I do. All I right. care. About Let's them. get off the animal. anyway. Anyway. All right, MJ, uh, you're next. What was your uh, weather fool this week? All right, so we had a uh, a television meteorologist in the UK on 5 News, Sean Welby. And uh, during her weather cast, um, she decided that it was going to be Ghostbuster uh, Day, apparently, because there's mm, half a dozen or more uh, comments or uh, what would you say – from Ghostbusters that she worked into her her weather cast and you know I mean it could be kind of funny except the movie wasn't great uh, apparently yeah. the, the original well, it was great, pretty good it new, was pretty good the, the new oh, one really? okay. the but, new one but she was trying really hard at it and unfortunately <laughs> I don't know if it went over well maybe, so maybe that's they it. were paying her <laughs> so so it was lines Possible. from the new one well some of them were classic lines okay, of course I, Who you know, call, I didn't know the new know. one. I, Things I know like she that. got famous for doing Harry Potter. Uh, I actually remember seeing something about oh, that. Oh, same one? Harry Potter. Now that you say yes, that, yeah, yes, that's same probably the same one. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. the same Wait, person. That was so she, so, yeah, no, she, she's beating a dead horse, I think, at this point. I think uh, she's You're trying right. to get too many, too many different ways. I think she needs to come up with some more creative ways to get some media hits. Anyway, 
Uh, last, but certainly, maybe not least, we'll see. Uh, Phil, least. what was your weather for I'm the least. Week? So this, so I've got a video <laughs> uh, from uh, the Asian Pacific area of it, it was a uh, camera uh, car cam. It was a mounted car camera of of a tornado that that ended up coming down the street, but it came from behind the car. And it did, there are two things that happened. Number one, the, the tornado actually took a little via, a little car that pulled in front of this vehicle and it took it up and it took it out. Uh, if you guys remember the movie Twister at the very end, when they, they jump oh. out of the truck and the truck goes into the tornado and then picks up the truck, it looks like exactly like that, only this is real. And the interesting thing is in this chaos, the car disappears and once the tornado goes past, all of a sudden, a person appeared sitting on the road that who Whoa. knows where that person came from, <laughs> from back behind them, and then in this chaos, got put and landed on their butt uh, right on the road. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing footage, but we'll, we'll put all that stuff, uh, we'll post all that stuff on our website, um, stormfrontfreaks.com. So, Phil? Um, yeah. There, there was a number one in your story. Was there a number two in there somewhere? <laughs> oh, the, number, <laughs> the number two was the, the girl, the woman. So the number one was the car taken off. The number two was this girl appearing and the car leaving uh, all kind of simultaneously. Gotcha. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, Maz, what do we got for uh, WX? Hey, weather resources. Everybody loves this. There are some cool apps, cool websites out there. I'm telling you, since we've been doing this, I've seen some Pretty amazing sites out there. We're going to let ladies go first. Mm-hmm. So Brady, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So no. Dina. Oh. Oh. So, so what do you have for weather resources? My favorite one is Radar Scope. It is the oh, best yeah. radar app yes. ever. That one you do have to pay for, but it's so worth it. Um, and it not only shows the radar, but it shows your GPS location. So you can actually see where you are when these cells go by. Because sometimes you're looking at a map, you're like, I'm kind of right here and I'm a little bit over here. And it works in the car. Like, I feel like I'm in a cockpit (laughs) of a plane when I have it because I put it up like on my dash and I can see where I am with the storms. Like I've done this, like even in severe storms where I'm trying to be really slick and be behind it and get to work (laughs) on time. And I, I love it. I love it. And it shows you the warnings that you could track it. You can do everything with radar scope. It's my so favorite. Are you, are you the one yeah, that like runs I think circles I... around the storms and you're watching it the whole time? <laughs> no, no. This is more me just like making sure that I'm safe. Or it's one of those things where like all of a sudden you're in a tornado warning and you're like, oh, you know, and you know exactly where you are on that map according to those cells going by. So yeah, I love it. I think, I think that was originally. I think that was originally Storm Spotter. I started using that quite some time ago um, and came from that same company. So that's fabulous. Wow, you just dated yourself there too, MJ. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, oh. let's move on. Hey, so Brady, the yeah. <clears throat> man. In, of, into the uh, men's sorry. division. Into yeah, the men's okay, division. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got All for right, us? So my uh, so my weather on. resource this week is yes, we're moving on. The College of uh, DuPage Weather has a fantastic website um, with one kilometer visible satellite, which is amazing. The resolution is incredible. They have all of these different models. They have um, radar across the country, um, a bunch of different interactive features. My favorite is the satellite. Um, it is, it's just I, every day I pull it up and look at the satellite in Florida. 
um, as well. So it, it's a it's a fantastic website. Go check it out. Um, it's it's web. Oh yeah, so you go to uh, you can just type in weather of uh, or um, College of DuPage weather, um, and, and it should be the first link. Or you can just go to weather.cod.edu. That's weather.cod.edu. And uh, for Coca Cola, no, just kidding. All right. Mm-hmm. And if you miss that, uh, just text Brady and he'll give you the link to it. So. Just text me. Just All right, text. Phil. Round us right. out, superstar. All right. So, so mine is. Uh, have you guys heard of BlitzerTongue.org? Oh yeah, of course. No. no. Yes or no? Okay. So no. this this is uh, so it's a, a website. What it is is worldwide real time lightning. It's a real time lightning map worldwide, and it's it's oh. basically instantaneous they say it's it's maybe 1.3 seconds um late at the most but it's it's from uh germany germany is the one that puts this together but they basically have a number of lightning detection uh um, stations all over the world and you can pull up this website you can pull it up on your your phone you can pull it up on your computer and it shows you exactly uh, where the lightning strike was, uh, how long it happened, um, you know, how, how long ago it might have been that it happened. And it's real time. And so this is, uh, this is really cool because I know there's a lot of maps, including radar scope, that show lightning data, mm-hmm. but not as instantaneous as that. And um, so that's real cool. So that's uh, blitzertongue.org. Uh, Again, I'll post that. We'll post all those sites and those resources uh, on stormfrontfreaks.com uh, if you want to check that out. So that's Blitzer uh, Tongue. Uh, Blitzer Tongue. It's Germany. It's German. So it's B L I Z. And I might be saying it wrong. B L I T Z. No, it's B L. Oh yeah, it is. Sorry. B L I T Z O R T U N G. Blitz. Blitzer Tongue. Tongue, T U N G, Tongue. Blitzer Tung. I don't know how you pronounce that, but mm-hmm. Blitzer yeah, They're pretty happy because they got like zero hits after the first time you gave the web address. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> so, all of our listeners know too, you know, if you're looking for a good radar, and uh, radar scope is awesome, I have that as well, but if you don't want to pay the money for it, you can always just visit stormfrontfreaks.com. And we now have, whether you do it on your mobile device or, or your computer, uh, we've got a zoom radar uh, on there where you can click on and off the temperatures. You can click on and off wind speeds, storm tracks, uh, 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 watches and warnings, all that kind of stuff you can do right there um, on our website uh, through the zoom, uh, zoomradar.com. So, all right, so I want a quick jump. We, we've missed this a, a few a few times. I just want to jump to some listener uh, emails and questions and reviews and stuff like that. Um, one question, we got a question from Joe. Uh, one of his questions, he's got two questions. Number one is, are mobile home and trailer parks disproportionately impacted by tornado activity, or is this a myth? Well, disproportionately, I'm not sure about the that word, but I just think that I mean, they're more susceptible, I guess is the word. Um, when you but have to- a, oh, go ahead. What was that? Oh, I was just going to say tornadoes don't disproportionately seek out. No. The mobile home parks. Or no, trips. it's just there's they're more vulnerable. I mean, it doesn't take too much to get them off off whatever kind of foundation they've got. Where you've got a home on a slab or a home that's 
very sturdy and brick. Um, so I think that's what happens. Like it, it takes a lot less wind. Sure. So yeah, paper mache, yeah. paper mache homes don't last very well. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mud and clay uh, and brick, you know. It's... Um, the other, his yeah. other question was: I was raised to believe that tornadoes do not touch down on hills or slope surfaces. Is that true? Yeah, that's uh, only if it's an Indian burial ground at the same time. <laughs> so, we used to, hey, coming from Nebraska. Yeah, we would get that. It's never crossed a river. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it has. It's never Indian. Yeah, it has. So, yeah, no, they will go up. They will go down. They will cross here. They will go there. Just take shelter. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, also, just a, a shout out on some emails. Uh, thanks to Dennis. Uh, we got an email from Brian. He said, I like the flow of your podcast. I've listened to many and quite a few seem too rigid. Yours comes across as a relaxed conversation I can't help but learn from. Wow. All Someone's right. learning something from us. Wow. That's a little amazing. And there's no uh, alcohol involved either. That's right. <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick said, first off, love the podcast. The guests and the overall selections of topics have been entertaining. I like from new weather apps and technologies. I like how you guys can joke around and keep it light and fun. Looking forward to more shows and more guests. Keep going with the current hot weather topics and arguments. Um, mm, nice. Stan says, I love the podcast so far because you brought in a wide range of guests and also the extremely laid back nature of the show. It honestly sounds like a group of guys and now gals, uh, kick back yeah. around a campfire, having a cold one and talking weather. Mm. And um, supermodels. That's right. <laughs> and supermodels. Yes. And, uh, and, and the other there last email to bring up is from Andrew says, I like your podcast because you interview people like Dina Knightley and it's interesting. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Wait, who did you like that? Oh, so your, your yes. cousin or your brother must've called in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, uh, hey, that's that was, nice though. That was I'll very specific. And then yeah. just a shout out to our, uh, some of the folks that did some um, iTunes reviews. Uh, thanks to L. Joe, SFF fan, and Jill Sarah. We appreciate you guys as well. Uh, feel free, guys. We love your, your input. Uh, some of the input we've gotten from you guys, we've already implemented. Hence, bringing Dina Knightley on board as a co-host instead of just a guest. Yay! Uh, but yeah, we, we really appreciate that, guys. We want your feedback on this. Uh, we're grown because of you guys. So that, that really does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. We want to thank you all for listening. As always, you know, if you like the show, please tell a friend, um, get the word out for us, uh, retweet things, reshare social media stuff. If you don't like us, we always just say, hey, go ahead and tell us. <laughs> but, but give us a review anyway. Tell Phil. If you we don't have anything reviews. nice to say, don't say it at all. Direct all of your yeah. nasty tweets to See, we, we uh, don't Bill Johnson. Yeah, we, really, we don't give a damn. I mean, if, if you don't <laughs> like something, <laughs> go ahead and tell us, but give us a review anyways. We want your reviews, and, and full disclosure, we want everything. Uh, let let us your, know, right? Your home address, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to go ahead and answer your questions and discuss your comments like we did on future shows, so you can send us your thoughts to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, special thanks to our guest, Dr. Jay Hobgood tonight. And uh, for MJ, Brady, Maz, and Dina, I'm going to signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.